keys, tackle box in my hand Gonna cast a few lines with my toes in the sand Pulling in a big catch makes me feel like a man But the wife, she just don't understand I love walleye, perch, trout and bass And if you don't like fishing, you can kiss my four-stroke right in the back Cause the fishes all tremble at the thought of me When I'm fishing for bun in country Coming up today on Fish and Paul Bunyan Country, we are going to find out about the Gary Newell Memorial Walleye Tournament. The Bemidji Eagles are bringing it back. Aaron Schmitz has the details. We're also going to find out how things went in the Brainerd Lakes area for the opener. Austin Williams was all over the place. And another tough question for the aquatic biologist. It's all coming up. This is Fish and Paul Bunyan Country. Coming up later on, we're going to hear how fishing was in the Brainerd Lakes area with Austin Williams. And as always, we've got a tough question for the aquatic biologist. But first up, it's time to get ready for the Bemidji Eagles Gary Newell Memorial Walleye Tournament. It's back this year, and it's coming up this Saturday. We're checking in with Aaron Schmitz, who is helping out the Eagles with the Gary Newell Memorial Walleye Tournament. They're bringing it back. And Aaron, what got you involved in this? Just like to continue to stay in the community. And, you know, we have such a tight-knit fishing community, obviously, with uh, Northwoods Bait and Tackle being one of the owners up there. Uh, Dick called me and said, hey, you know, we could use some help. We want to bring this back. Um, It's kind of been lacking the last few years. Didn't have it last year because of the covid but uh, I, I just told them, absolutely, you know, we'll do everything we can to try and get it back going. So here we are. All right. So we've got uh, a tournament coming up on Saturday the 22nd, right? Saturday, May 22nd, uh, 7 to 3. It's going to be held on Lake Bemidji and Lake Irvin. Max of 75 teams. Uh, I don't want to let the cat out of the bag, but we're already, I believe, approaching 40 teams or thereabouts get in get signed up the weather looks great i know that's one of the things that a lot of you anglers don't want to wait you want to wait and make sure what the weather's going to look like and if you're on a bag of fish but don't kid yourself you're going to fish it anyway so let's go get signed up it's a traditional tournament it's good to have it back it is this is uh the gary newell memorial and it's it's been going on i believe 15 years i believe is what it is so it, it all goes for a good cause the eagles does a great job with it most of the money's paid back there's a lot of benefits of it and as bemidji anglers grow we want to get more people involved and and bring this type of thing continue it for years to come it's always great to, you know to get an early season tournament in um i think the more tournaments we have in the area the better it just gets people into our lakes and checking out our area Right, and I mean, we do really well in the Bemidji area. Uh, we have quite a few tournaments throughout the year. We bring a lot of anglers and a lot of people from throughout Minnesota. It's it's really cool. I mean, a lot of people don't understand and recognize the fishery that we have in Lake Bemidji, right in our back door. And it, it's something that is awesome to see. You know, when you're pulling anglers from Grand Rapids and Detroit Lakes and Fargo and Grand Forks and, I mean, Malax area and Duluth, it speaks volumes as to, you know, what our fishery has. And the local communities and the people that put on these tournaments do a fantastic job with it. So I think it's something that, you know, the community needs to understand the residual that it brings. I mean, it's lodging, it's room and board, it's dining, it's, there's a lot to it. 
brings a lot of money to town. Absolutely does. Well, for those who are listening and uh, wanting to th- think of they might be interested, they got to get rolling because the uh, rules meeting is Thursday. you got to have a team by then. So give us the details on how this thing uh, plays out and how it all is going to work this year. So what we want people to do is uh, get down to the Eagles Club, get signed up for the tournament, pay your dues, and get entered. We're going to have the rules meeting on Thursday before the tournament at 6 o'clock. It's going to be a catch, photo, and release tournament. So there's some new aspects to it that some people might not be familiar with. We did four tournaments like this last year out of the bait shop at Northwoods Bait and Tackle, and we had zero issues. We heard nothing but compliments on how smooth it was. The anglers themselves that fish these tournaments are the most conservative people out there and care about the resources and care about the fishing in the lake. So it's a very, very fish-friendly tournament. You use your phone, you upload the pictures, you enter the measurement. There will be people verifying the fish. We have a committee of people that are going to verify the fish throughout the day on Saturday. Uh, it's a length-to-weight conversion. You know, At the end of the day on Saturday, the tournament runs 7-3. to three. Come back to the Eagles. It's going to be a live leaderboard, so come down to the Eagles. I think that they're going to be live streaming it. Come check it out. It's it's going to be interesting. It's, it's something that uh, the community should get behind and grass. It's always been a good tournament. I think it's fun to add this aspect of scoring because, you know, until the apps came out, tournament fishing was the only sport you competed in where you didn't know the score. Right. It's it's one of those things where a lot of people that love to fish, it's the only competitive thing they can do anymore. I was a high school athlete, college athlete, and I'm just getting too old for that stuff, so I can fish. And it still scratches that competitive itch. It's just all around fun. And you know what? If you make a few bucks, you make a few bucks. If you don't, you got to go fishing for a couple days, hopefully with someone you enjoy. Have fun doing it. And, of course, it's going to be a Thursday night rules meeting and some prizes there. They're going to do the tournament 7 a.m. Saturday, and we'll have the awards banquet after that. And, again, it's a traditional tournament in Bemidji. I think it's just great to have it back. Everybody's really looking forward to it, so I've heard a lot of positive feedback about it. Let's go out and, you know, let's let's fill it and have fun. Soak up some rays of sunshine this year instead of sleet or rain or snow. Okay, so one more time. How do we get registered? Uh, stop down at the Eagles Club in Bemidji. Get signed up there, and then there will be more information at the rules meeting. Uh, we'll help you guys get signed into the app and register your team on the app. We will have Nick Von Holt with Turney Angler here to go through the app, troubleshoot it with you, make sure that you understand it, register your team, pick your team name, and make sure that you know how to use it. Like I said, a lot of the guys around here have already used it they're comfortable with it but if you're not it's it's very user-friendly it's app-based it's really simple all the prizes are a percentage of the number of uh, anglers we get in the tournament but there's also a big fish there is and we've had some very uh, gracious sponsors that have donated thousand dollars for big fish so don't matter if you go out there and you only catch one fish it's a thousand dollar fish it's the gary newell uh, memorial walleye tournament it is coming up saturday may 22nd but you got to be registered by thursday may 20th meeting is at six o'clock thursday night aaron schmitz thanks for your time today thank you guys see you soon all the reports i'm getting was that it was a spectacular opening weekend of fishing we're going to hear the details from austin williams who spent a lot of time in the brainerd lakes area including golf that's up next and this is fishing paul bunyan country Welcome back to Fish and Paul Bunyan Country. 
Checking in today with Austin Williams of Lakes Area Outdoors, uh, a series on YouTube. Uh, Austin, first of all, welcome back to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. The weather was absolutely gorgeous this weekend. And a lot better than last year when it was going so hard, I could barely see where I was going on the lake. No. So, big change from last year. Unbelievable change, and and, uh, and certainly meant that there were a ton of people out fishing, and uh, and everything I saw on you know social media, picture after picture after picture, people bringing in lots of fish. It was a tremendous weekend all the way around. Oh, for sure, yeah. Like you said, boats everywhere. I've never seen so many boats on the lake, and... Being in the Brainerd area, you see a lot of people come up from the cities, which is great to see, and a bunch of people on every lake, and it's great to see families out there fishing, and yeah, perfect weekend to do it, too. Calm weather and, and warm temps. So, I was mostly on uh, Gull Lake in the morning, so water temps were ranging on Gull Lake from 56 degrees, and then on some of the smaller lakes in the area, I saw up to 63 degrees, so that's pretty warm for this time of year, and like I said, mostly targeted bass this weekend started on Gull Lake, we fished uh, some smaller bays where the water temps were a bit warmer, and we found that moving bait for the ticket in the morning. So I was throwing a chatter bait, and my fiancé was throwing a spinner, and this was a great way to cover water quickly in the morning, and uh, we saw a lot, we caught a lot of fish over three pounds, so it was a fun way to start the season. And then after Gull, we went to a smaller lake in the area and caught some more quality largemouth, and then on this lake, I threw a chatter bait until I located some fish, and then I kind of slowed down and uh, started throwing a hair jig and a hair jig is a great um, tactic for cooler water and it's definitely a bait i want to start throwing more this year so what i was throwing is a marabou jig and they make different kinds you can also get it in a bucktail version or you can get a mixture of both but it's just a very natural looking presentation underwater and it's a great way to catch multiple species of fish um, and then on sunday i targeted smallmouth north of the brainerd lake area and it was super warm again on Sunday, and the water temps were pushed up even further, above 60 degrees. And I found smallmouth in transition areas outside of known spawning ground. So they come up and start looking for spawning um, and when the water temp gets around that 60-degree mark. So it's kind of right on the money there. And I also encountered something I've never seen before. So I was fishing shallow near some rocks and noticed a smallmouth on a bed. But there were also a couple loons swimming nearby, feeding on minnows and whatnot. And the water clarity is super great on that lake. So it's 8 to 10 foot clarity. And I was only in 5 feet of water, so I could see everything clear as day. But anyway, the loons were swarming the smallmouth bed, swimming back and forth across it. And the smallmouth was actually holding its ground and fighting back, <laughs> which is absolutely crazy to see. And it's cool to see how these males really protect their bed. And I've never seen anything like that. It was absolutely crazy. Wow. I'm... What a great thing to see. Oh, yeah, I, I was going to grab my camera, but I was so focused on what was happening, I didn't even think to grab it. <laughs> but, yeah, it was, it was so crazy to see. And with that clear water on these northern lakes, it's, you can see so much. And, I mean, I was, like, one of the only people on the lake, too, and they came up and started calling at each other and flapping their wings and fighting over the spot. So it was just it was just incredible to see. And then uh, one note, too, when you're bass fishing this time of year is obviously to take extra care of these fish. Minimize the time out of the water as much as you can. Have your camera and scale ready so you can snap a picture and get these fish back. Just because bass do spawn a little bit later than some of the other game fish, we just want to make sure we're getting them back in the water as soon as possible. For a guy like you that loves bass fishing, the uh, the introduction of the catch and release season, you know, opening the same weekend as walleye, obviously has to be a plus for you. What are you seeing as far as where they're at? Are they where they normally would be this time of year? Or are they a little bit ahead of it because the, we got such warm weather the last week? Yeah, I think they're a little bit ahead of 
where they were last year at least. I think last year they're kind of more in that deeper water. So bass sometimes will push out deeper, especially the smallmouth will be pushed out deeper right at ice out. So like in that 30, kind of where the walleye are in that 30 foot range right at ice out. Uh, but the smallmouth right now are really pushed up. I mean, obviously I saw them in four feet of water, but I was also catching them in anywhere from like five to 12 foot is kind of where I was mostly targeting. I didn't really want to go catch fish on bed. I like to kind of leave those fish alone, but really focusing on those fish that are still transitioning and often the males will move up first on the beds, so they're kind of guarding the beds, getting it ready for the female to come up. So those females are actually out deeper, and as you guys know, probably the females are the bigger fish, so that's kind of what I was wanting to target anyway. Uh, but, yeah, again, those are out deeper for right now, and then they only move up and stay on the bed for about a day or so. so you kind of have to hit that window where they're shallow. Otherwise, they're kind of deeper. Okay. Um, I know you're a bass guy, and that's probably what you spent the bulk of your weekend doing, but uh, did you go fishing for anything else while you are out this weekend? Yeah, so I actually did some crappie fishing as well. Um, I mean, this is an absolutely incredible time to fish crappies, and it's probably one of the easiest times to catch them. I mean, if you go find some down trees, submerged trees, stuff like that, uh, crappies are obviously moved up shallow right now to spawn. Uh, they spawn kind of around the same time as smallmouth do, and that water is in that 50 to 60-plus range. Um, well, they start to move up when it's 50 and then spawn when it's 60 plus. So they're getting ready to do do their thing. And I saw some on beds as well. Um, but yeah, like I said, um, submerged trees, any other structure that you can see that they want to find that's protected for spawning. That's kind of where I start. And then hair jigs, I mentioned for smallmouth and largemouth, but also work great for crappies. So those little hair jigs, either cast them out or put them under a slip bobber. And I like to use the bobber when it's more so in that five to six foot range or shallower just because you can kind of toss it up there and let it be otherwise casting is an option as well um what about walleyes what did you hear or what did you see so my buddy garrett uh did some walleye fishing this weekend and walleyes are starting to transition away from their spawning grounds they're one of the first to spawn right at ice out there when it's the 50 degree mark so gravel to sand transitions are a great place to start and he was out uh, pitching jigs and tipped with shiners and plastics in that six to foot or six to ten foot range early in the morning and then as the sun moved higher he kind of pushed out into that 10 to 18 foot of water range and he said that plastics were actually working better than live bait for him and many pike and largemouth were also caught in similar areas so i think a lot of fish are obviously pushed up shallow so if, if you're up fishing in that 5 to 15 foot range you can pretty much catch anything this time of year might be the first time i've ever heard somebody say on opening weekend plastics work better than live bait yeah they're just so aggressive and i, mean, I think with the enhancements and plastics and other artificial baits too you're starting to see a transition of people using plastics more than live bait uh but obviously i'd recommend having live bait in the boat as well as trying different things if you have multiple people in the boat maybe one person's throwing plastics maybe one person's throwing live bait just to see kind of what the fish are targeting on that specific day and it changes day to day too but just variety is the, the way to go in my opinion so you, when you were out on Gull, which is a ton of people fishing for a ton of different fish, what did most people seem to be going for? Uh, a lot of walleye guys. Obviously, Gull is known for walleyes. Um, but I was actually fishing in some of the smaller bays, more weedy bays. So a lot of people fishing for crappie. I did see a few other people bass fishing, and obviously bass fishing seems like it's exploded in the last few years with high school fishing. But uh, a lot of bass guys. Um, but I'd say most people are fishing crappies just because – the water temp is perfect for crappie fishing right now, I believe. Did you um, hear things from any of the lakes you weren't on? Did you hear any, any reports from any other lakes in the Brainerd Lakes area that were real hot? 
Um, lax, I heard, is great for smallmouth right now. A lot of people catching big smallmouth, and I'm actually planning to hopefully hit that next weekend if the the wind is down and the weather is decent. Uh, but I've heard that smallmouth are starting to get on beds there already too, and that's that lake obviously takes a little bit longer to warm up. So the fact that they're already on beds out there, I mean, that shows how warm of a spring we've had. But that's obviously a great lake for walleye and smallmouth. But being a bass guy, I love the the huge smallmouth out there. So that's what I'm going to try to do next weekend. You've been all over Paul Bunyan country. Uh, certainly you've spent a lot of years in Bemidji as well as the Brainerd area. Compare and contrast them as far as bass waters go. Are they similar? Are they are there differences there? Yeah, so the, there actually is a little bit of a difference. Um, smallmouth in the Brainerd area is a little bit different. So we have some lakes that are a little more sandy and rocky. And in Bemidji, I fished a lot more like tall weeds, so reeds, a lot more uh, cabbage, stuff like that. It's a little bit different in that aspect where in Bemidji I'd be fishing jigs a lot more, whereas here I'm fishing more moving baits and stuff like that. Um, so I think that's kind of the, the bigger difference. But overall pretty similar, just those kind of a little bit different as far as, like, the bottom structure. I know that, uh, you know, we have some lakes that get a lot of pressure too, but I know that there we, we don't see generally the traffic, some of those big popular bodies of water in the Brainerd Lakes area see. Oh, that's for sure. And that's one thing I loved about Bemidji is, there's so many lakes up there where there's almost no houses on the lakes. I mean, absolutely no pressure. And, yeah, I mean, I challenge you guys to go on the Lake Finder app on the Minnesota DNR website and, and start looking at some of these reports on some of these smaller lakes. Use the Navionics web app and, and start looking and get outside your comfort zone. That's something I really tried to do when I was going to college in Bemidji is challenge myself to go try a new lake. I mean, often we get comfortable with the lake and end up going there time and time again. But it's fun to go challenge yourself and maybe go try a lake that you've never fished before. And there's so many up in Bemidji that are great for all species of fish, and you just have to get out there and try it. Give us a lake, because I know uh, as a bass guy and a guy who likes to go for crappies, you're probably not going to give your super secret small lakes that nobody knows about. But give us uh, examples of some decent-sized lakes that, get, you know, that a lot of people know about, but, but we might, maybe if we're not real familiar with the Brainerd Lakes area, we might not... Uh, think of fishing that we probably should sure so one is hubert lake so that's uh north of brainerd a little bit so if you're going up 371 it's on the east side of 371 there so hubert edward those are some really great lakes for smallmouth and largemouth i mean a lot of people don't know about the smallmouth in there but there's a decent population more so largemouth but those are some medium-sized lakes that obviously have a lot of houses on them and some people mainly fish the, the Gall North Longs, like those most popular lakes in the area. But those are some secondary lakes that I really like to target. And then up in the Bemidji area, the Turtle Chain is a, a great chain of lakes there. Those uh, Little Turtle, Turtle, and Mobile have some great largemouth in that those lakes as well. So definitely some lakes to check out for sure. Austin, you mentioned some of the uh, products you were using this weekend, but is there anything new on the market that you are really intrigued with? Um, the hair jigs, I mean, I know those were popular 30, 40 years ago, and I feel like they're kind of making a resurgence, especially for bass. We've seen in the Bassmaster Elite Series, people start using these hair jigs again, for smallmouth especially, and it's kind of exploded, and that's something that I've never really fished, and that's something, like I mentioned, I'm really going to start focusing on. Um, and then another one is a bait that 13 came out with. It's called a Jabberjaw. So it's like a normal square bill for bass. Uh, but the bill actually rocks back and forth and makes a clattering noise. So it kind of clinks off of a piece of metal that they put in there. 
So it's kind of like a chatterbait and a square bill mixed together. So it's kind of a unique bait that kind of wobbles back and forth and makes that clinking noise. So that's new to the market this year as well. Um, but other than that, I mean, there's so many different techniques out there. And I spend a lot of time on YouTube just watching different videos, watching the Elite Series, um, just learning from these professionals and kind of what they're doing, how they look at a lake. And there's just so much to learn. So, Austin, obviously, you, you talked about it a little bit, and it's true. The the popularity of bass fishing is growing and growing uh, every year. Um, so for the walleye head who still hasn't uh, hasn't taken the dive into bass fishing, tell us why we should get into bass fishing. I think numbers is the first thing, especially if you have kids or people that don't fish a lot. I mean, it's some a fish that you can go and catch a lot of numbers of. And then you could catch bigger ones as well. I mean, walleye fishing is super fun, and it gets a little tougher in the summer when the water temps get warm. I mean, that early 30 minutes, an hour before uh, dark, obviously are great times to walleye fish. But during the day, I challenge you guys to just go try it. Find some weed edges, find some deep cabbage. When the water temps start to warm up in the summer, um, start to look for that deeper transition area. Some of these clear lakes in our area have deep weeds. I mean, there's times in the summer where you're fishing bass in 20 plus feet of water because the weeds come out that far. <clears throat> so, I mean, that's something to keep in mind that they'll like to run those areas of transition between the deeper water, which don't have weeds and the weed edge. So that's something to keep in mind there too, is to try to fish those and you can use shaky heads, uh, which is just a pretty much a jig, a special jig that you put a plastic on and you put it on the bottom. You kind of just shake it a little bit and those deeper fish like that action i mean it's tough to get down there so you need a, a bait like a shaky head or a jig to get down in that deeper water otherwise you can try a, a deep crankbait as well but i mean just bass fishing is so much fun and it's exploded and definitely high school kids are really getting into it which has been great to see so talk a little bit to the guy or family that maybe fishes a couple times a month primarily panfish and walleye um for bass fishing, what do we need? Do we have the stuff we need already? Do we have to invest a bunch of money in new stuff? Uh, what do we need? Yeah, absolutely not. I mean, you can use a medium action spinning rod. I mean, that's what a lot of people will have in their boat already for walleye. You can use it for panfish. That medium action is very versatile. Obviously, when you get more into the sport, maybe you can get different rods for different actions. But for the average angler, all you need is a spinning rod with a medium action rod. Um, spinning baits are a great beginner bait, anything moving. So, um, chatter baits, spinning baits, uh, square bills, anything where you can cast and retrieve is often easier for someone just trying to get into it. And I mean, if you find the weeds, you can throw a spinner bait. So anywhere from that three foot to eight foot range, this time of year, you just grab your spinning rod, throw a spinner on there and just start following the weed edge. And more than likely on these lakes, you're going to run into a bass or two and possibly a pike too. And that's the thing with bass fishing is often you'll run into these pikes. So if you're not catching bass, you're usually catching something. How much do you wish there was high school fishing when you were in high school? Oh, I really wish. (laughs) And actually, right when the boom happened, I was in college at Bemidji State, and that's when Sam Moore was there and started the bass fishing team. So I jumped on that bandwagon, and that was so much fun. Uh, Garrett Hagelin and I did some fishing in the college Bassmaster down in La Crosse, and I wasn't huge into bass fishing before that, and after that tournament, I've never looked back. Like That was the most fun I've ever had fishing, and Garrett would tell you the same thing. We went down there to lacrosse, didn't know what we were doing, a couple guys in a walleye boat, his dad's walleye boat, and went down there, just started pre-fishing. We went 
down there like a week before or whatever just to do some pre-fishing and we were catching them left and right on a frog just throwing a topwater frog over some lily pads and we were catching 30 40 fish a day and we never looked back like to this day we still talk about that and say that's really kind of what pushed us into bass fishing and it's just so much fun to go out there and compete at a collegiate level bass fishing like that and to go check out these different lakes like a lot of guys are going down to these southern lakes to go to tournaments and it's just exploded and there's actually scholarships now for bass fishing which is crazy cool to see but it's just so much fun yeah we actually have uh, a graduating senior in bemidji who is going to go uh, nordic ski and fish that's the first uh, lumberjack headed down to the fishing team that's awesome and then yeah there's some brainer guys that i know that are going down south to fish for fishing teams too it's just it's so cool to see that these colleges are embracing the fishing teams and, and giving them the support that they need for these clubs. It's so cool to see. Austin, before we wrap it up, tell us about Lakes Area Outdoors. Yeah, so Lakes Area Outdoors is a YouTube channel that I started in high school. Um, Brainerd High School is where I went, and just a lot of fishing around this area, a Bemidji area, a Brainerd area. There's some videos from back when I was in college in Bemidji on some of those lakes. Uh, so you guys, if you want to check it out, it's uh, Lakes Area Outdoors on YouTube. And then my Instagram is Austin Williams Fishing. Austin Williams Fishing on Instagram. And uh, good for you for picking uh, a fiancé that likes to fish. Uh, yeah, that was so much fun. We were up on the North Shore last weekend, and I proposed to her. So it was a great weekend. Okay, yeah. Great weekend. She said yes, and then you guys went fishing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Austin Williams from Lakes Area Outdoors joining us today on uh, Fish and Paul Bunyan Country. Austin, thank you for your time today. We appreciate it. Thanks, Kevin. Time to ask the aquatic biologist. This is Fish and Paul Bunyan Country. Ask the aquatic biologist. Dr. Andrew Hafes from Bemidji State University's Aquatic Biology Program joining us once again this week. Andy, we talked about uh, catch and release quite a bit last week as we were talking about ways to revive the fish. As catch and release catches on and well it's it's caught on let's let's get there uh as that has become more and more common that means more and more fish get caught released caught released caught released um is there any studies out there that can determine if there's a negative effect of getting caught and put back in any certain amount of time or well for sure there's been a lot of research on catch and release on one occurrence you know i i can't off the top of my head, think of any study that's ever shown how multiple catch-and-release events on a single fish uh, has influenced that individual fish. Imagine how difficult that would be uh, to actually do as a researcher. I, I, I've been thinking about that, and that's a very challenging uh, task as a researcher. So uh, when I think about this question and how it, angling actually influences a fish's lifespan and how repeated capture events actually influence and the one species that i think that might actually play a fairly large role in would be musky uh, their populations are a little smaller and it, it's i think it's possible that some of those fish have been caught you know and likely that some of those fish have been caught repeated times but the research has largely been driven on just does uh angling event influence a fish and the answer to that is obviously yes if you just think about it in terms of common sense right it can there's it's very difficult for me to think of a scenario where it would not influence that fish in a negative manner right that's a even if they don't feel pain which is largely debated right mm -hmm. um there's it still is a fairly energetically taxing event like it, 
they spend a lot of energy fighting you when you're reeling in and then recovering after that. And the studies have shown that their internal, you know, uh, physiology, their actual stress levels related to that do change. So okay. um, when you catch a fish, it influences them. And the other thing that I think about this is that in, in wild environments, organisms are struggling to get energy. Right? That's, it's not like they can just go get a Big Mac. Right? <laughs> they, uh, even large percentages of the human population kind of struggle to get food. Right. And sure. So any extra energy they have to expend on an event is going to have a negative influence on their growth or their ability to reproduce and maybe even survive. So we should definitely keep that in mind when we're angling and releasing fish is that it is influencing them. You mentioned where muskies, Lake Bemidji would be a great example of muskies. There aren't that many in there. They're huge, the ones that are, but they haven't reproduced well. So some of those have probably been caught, you know, many times since they got in there 30, 25, 30 years ago. Um, but give us a – and I'm not asking for you to do a count. <laughs> but using Lake Bemidji as an example, good good natural walleye lake, how many walleyes would be in there at any given time? I mean, do we have oh any gosh. idea whatsoever? Well, okay – that's a, a tough question for I me to answer on be. the spot here. <laughs> uh, but I could give, I can uh, paint a little picture for that. Um, I think there's four to 600 muskie ish in Lake Bemidji. Okay. There, are, when we do our seine hauls as part of fish management and estimate how many age zero yellow perch there are, it's one to three million. Okay. That's how many, the, the little tiny ones that are about, you know, two inches long. That's our estimate, and it's been like that every time that we've done it. So I'm pretty confident that that's a fairly close, you know, plus or minus a million close okay. you know, <laughs> estimate. If you count that, it's close. So you're talking uh, in orders, you know, several orders of magnitude difference there in terms of how many yellow perch there are. So millions of yellow perch. It's probably, you know, hundreds of thousands or, you know, it, you're, you're talking orders of magnitudes that you shift sure. between – Perch, walleye, muskie. And so I can't give exact numbers. I don't, um, in fact, even when they do, doing uh, population estimates is pretty tough and expensive to, for those fish when there's that many of them. That's why they can do that on muskies because there's fewer of them. Um, but, I, I guess my point was maybe for fish like a walleye and a lake like leech, Bemidji, big lakes where there's tons of fish, the the chances are some of them will never get caught. The other chances are yeah. some of them, if they are caught and released, probably doesn't happen a whole lot with any one particular fish like a walleye or a perch. That's exactly right, yeah. And so yeah, with the millions of perch, right, the most of the – and we've talked about this before on the show too, where with yellow perch, the majority of those fish are dying before they even get to uh, be susceptible to an angler. Right. right? And think – I was looking at some of the numbers before the show here, and I think it's like 40% of those fish, and those are the adults that die annually for yellow perch. And that's you know, at that age, it's of natural causes and of angling, right? And so those young fish, more fish, more of the yellow perch are actually dying uh, from natural causes before they actually are even susceptible to angling. Okay. Yeah. So wow. That's, uh, and, and with the muskie, it might not necessarily be that case. Right? Okay. The most famous line Andy's ever uttered on this show that I use over and over. And it was like the first year he was on was, the average fish is dead. I, that line still, it's like yeah. so, it's brilliant. It's a brilliant line. And that's, for perch, that just 
it demonstrates that. Three million perch the first year at age one, right? Mm -hmm. The next year it's down to like 1.8. And then by the time they're actually age two, which you might be able to catch some of those, uh, it's more than half of that population is already dead just from the age ones. We're not even talking from the, the little fry down to one, right? Yeah. So uh, oh. just a crazy amount of fish die of natural causes before they actually are susceptible to angling. By natural causes, what what are we talking about? Are we talking about other fish eating them? Is that considered a natural cause? Sure. Okay. Sure. Other fish, other birds, other uh, just disease, starvation. There's all kinds of things. Yeah. So it's not a pretty world under there. It's a tough world. It's a tough yeah. world. Yeah. It's a tough Be world. Be glad you're a human. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Yeah. Andrew, Andrew yeah, sure. Hapes is the aquatic biologist at Bemidji State University. Andy, thanks for the info. Yeah, thank you very much. That's it for today. As always, a reminder to like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, and be sure to check out the podcast at Podcast One on the PodMN app or wherever you get your podcasts, because oftentimes you'll find bonus content in the podcast. Lots of great stuff coming up as the week wears on. Matt Brewer is going to be in. We're going to talk about the Knights of Columbus Walleye Classic. we got our Lake of the Week. We're going to put the spotlight on the Cast Lake Chain and Lake Winnie and much more. This is Fish and Paul Bunyan Country. I'm Kev Jackson. Thanks for being here. F-I-S-H-I-I-N, Paul Bunyan Country. Call of Duty Modern Warfare is here, and so is Mountain Dew. Roger that. Now you can unlock in-game rewards like only Dew can. Wait, what rewards? A Dew Operator Skin. Man, I love Operator Skins. Dual double XP, and even Call of Duty points. You're kidding me. Double XP and Call of Duty points? This is incredible. I can't believe it. This Soldier. Get a hold of yourself. Oh, roger that. Look for specially marked packaging and visit mtndugaming.com for details and restrictions. Open to U.S. residents 17 plus. College duty points available on 12 and 24 packs and free 20 23.